And we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing good. Doing you good. doing good? Are you doing back. great? <laughs> doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging in there? <laughs> you need back a time into, machine? <laughs> back into Sinjitsu. Yeah, we butted heads a little bit last week on the time machine. We did. We but, did. Uh, that's and, all right. Uh, Not everybody yes. has to have the same opinion on everything. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I think as the tour grows, uh, time machines value will go up in people's mind because, as you, as you see it out there, and I understand that I took a bit of a stance, uh, yeah. and I'm going to take another stance today, and I'm okay <laughs> with that. And I, I, you know what? I'm happy to be wrong. I, I'll be honest. You know, as as I listen more and more to the tour list, I, you know, because I've got the set list now yeah. on, on my phone. I've, I shared it online. I'm, I'm going at it. I'm, I'm well into it now. I've been through it a bunch of times. It's changing my perspective on some songs, including Time Machine and yeah. Writing on the Wall. I just, they just sound different in context, and I'm super pumped. Well, first of all, we were kind of talking about if we're going to do any spoilers about the new set list. And we're like, let's not yeah. mention the tour at all in these Sinjetsu episodes, because people might want to listen to them. But then I'm like... I don't know. I'm kind of at the point now where I'm like, how? Like, are you really gonna avoid, avoid you can't. Like, set list spoilers? You can't. Especially, you can't. <laughs> we're we're doing it fluid. We're doing it fluid. Like yeah. we're just rolling with the punches. I mean, the set yeah. list has been out now long enough that yeah, people exactly. have to. You know, I mean, there's multiple multiple shows you can watch on. Like, I don't know if that's right. If you're that big of a spoiler avoider that you're like trying to not look at anything, like anything online, then you're obviously not. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we've avoided. We're not going to go full on into this the set list. Totally spoilers for people, but we've avoided it in the other episodes. But now, you know, I find this week it's just it's that extra week. It's so much more engaged. And there's I know. so much more touring information coming out. That's hard to fight it. When the set list you was know? new, I was like, okay, well, we won't talk about it because like whatever. Yeah. But now I'm kind of like. It's been so long of us like talking about this tour list. It's like hard to have a natural conversation without mentioning it. So. Screw yes. it. And, and, but Spoilers you know coming up. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, it came out in the tour episode a while back, but we love it and we're pumped and the feedback's yeah. been great. And we'll, we're not going to do that today. Today we're going to keep going on Sinjitsu. Right. And we're going to get into Darkest Hour and maybe Death of the Celts. But I, I, I don't know. We'll see how the if we The plan is for two songs. Yeah. But the plan is yeah. usually for two songs and sometimes the it plan. Work out that way. Yes. Well, wait till I get going on Death of the Celts. Let's start. Should we do a beer? Let's do a beer. So this one is the Gravel Pit. It's by Boomstick Brewery from the west coast of Newfoundland. It's a session IPA. Yeah, we've been on a good run of these west coast beers. Gravel Pit, I love yeah, it. Yeah, we've done a bunch. Again, you can go to talkingmaiden.com slash beer or slash beers and uh, see a list of every single beer that we drank. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh, man, this smells mm. amazing. So I don't know how this episode's going to play out today. Because I could sense. I could sense. Ooh, this is good. Mmm. Oh, this is really good. Yes, yeah, hitting the spot. Mmm. I could sense from the last... Well, we, well, I know you're not as hot on this as I am. Darkest Hour. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, Darkest I'm, Hour, I'm, yeah. I, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm saving it for the end, but I like it. Me like. I like it. it too. I really like this song. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do. What do you really like, like about it? it? 
the, what do you like about it the most? The music? <laughs> so, yeah, we'll just get right into it. So, Darkest Dig Hour, it. Adrian yeah. Smith and Bruce Dickinson. Seven mm. minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah. But 55 seconds of the song is wave sound effects with seagulls. So, yeah. I think it's actually six minutes and 25 seconds. I think the... Uh, uh, the 55 seconds of sound effects is maybe a little excessive, but I'm not complaining. It's all right. You're, you're knocking my... It gets you in the vibe. It gets you it in does, the It does. It does. But uh, I'm just saying, when you see 720, you're like, oh my god, an epic. But it's really like 620, 625. So. Before we dig into it, the darkest hour is like a term that's used, you know, historically. The darkest hour... I always thought the darkest hour meant like Dunkirk, but that was the darkest day, was it, or, or whatever. But the darkest hour, because I, I went through and just did a little bit of searching, is generally a, a phrase for like early World War II, right? When the when the Nazis were gaining a lot of ground and the English were pushed back. Right. It wasn't a yeah. specific moment in time, was it? Well, here, I have a clip. I'll play this clip from Adrian, and then we'll get into it. Another song we wrote, Bruce and I, called um, Darkest Hour. Again, I had the music, it was a ballad idea, very kind of uh, atmospheric ballad. Uh, I mean, Bruce does those songs great. Um, and I, again, I had a title, uh, Darkest Hour, and I've had that for years. I've always wanted to do a song called Darkest Hour, and it just so happened that year, uh, the film, the Winston Churchill film came out. Uh, so um, I told Bruce I had the idea, played him the music and the, the title, and then we went, Bruce went from there and finished the lyrics. Uh, and, and the melodies on that, so uh, that was another one. Actually, a movie came out in 2017 called The Darkest yeah. Hour, about Winston yeah. Churchill, and I watched it last week. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was a it was, it was a good movie. But yeah, yeah the and darkest we... the darkest hour is kind of like uh, you know the Nazis were rolling through Europe and it, England was yeah pushed back across the Channel, and I didn't look into it enough to know if it refers to like a specific pinpoint of time but it's that era of the war like yeah and for for people like you know i mean i'm not a i'm not a historian but i mean i i do i do love this stuff but you know there, there was a whole treaty of versailles which got broken and then there was the maginot line which was this area just past the rhine where the world war one was fought and the the french as soon as the the treaty of versailles was broken there was this period of time and then there were the nazis were coming forward and the french dug in and everyone thought it was gonna be world war one version two and they just rolled over with tanks and they just took over france so quick and dunkirk was just the scatter uh, backwards of the English who had, who had shown up to like you know put up a, a bit of an early defense and it, that was that period of time. I also dug into this a little bit just to, just to try and find the quote or the reference. And the darkest hour is loosely attributed to Churchill, and that's why that movie was made after. But there's no specific quote I could find. Now, hopefully, someone weighs in and says, you know, uh, someone with more knowledge than I do. But it's it's very interesting. So when I when I hear the the waves hitting at the beginning. My thoughts are, you know, beach and like at the, the darkest hour. I, I mean, I can't help but go toward D-Day, you know, 44, which is, you know, the back end of the other end of the war. And I can't help but think about the Private Ryan references and, you know, the, the waves. So to me, when you're like, it's 50 seconds, uh, I just get amped up. Like I'm just hearing that and I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm getting really excited. I, I, so I, I hear the waves about. and the waves to yeah. me, it just brings up the whole like English channel thing and totally. Dunkirk because the first thing is like we buried our sons and turned and fled. I know. Which to me is kind of like screaming 
screaming that's kind of but like dunkirk like like that I line know. anyway but the sound effect yeah it's, it's a song about winston churchill the darkest hour is yeah there there's a lot of pressure on him to like negotiate peace with you know what i mean and surrender not surrender but like go before they go to war but negotiate yeah. peace with hitler and yeah. he didn't of course i got a quote here from bruce he says darkest hour refers not just to the movie about winston churchill it's about him as a person as well. A lot of people criticized Churchill because he made a lot of mistakes and did things people didn't approve of. But he stood up to the Nazis and said, no, these are barbarians. Even though the odds are stacked against us, we as a nation are going to resist. Half of his cabinet and government would have sided with the Nazis and done a deal. But he inspired the nation to do the right thing. So. I love that. I, I love the way, he, you know, is that a direct quote from Bruce? Yeah, that's a, He's like, a direct. A lot, a lot of people didn't agree with Churchill. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, definitely at the time, that is correct. That's very much a historian's perspective. But yeah. like, history washes away that nuance. And at the end of it, you have Neville Chamberlain at the beginning, the master of appeasement. You should you watch that movie, up. Darkest Hour. I think you'd like it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I, if you're, I yeah. will. I will. Yeah, I will. But it's cool also that they kind of uh, they dig back to. It's kind of like Maiden digging back into their... In this album, they seem to be like reaching back to things from past albums. And of course, everyone yeah. knows Churchill's speech from the beginning of Aces High. So it's a very uh, Maiden-y topic to kind of dig back into. You know what I mean? Totally. And you know, I, I, I can... There's... there's I, I feel there's a solidarity with Bruce and myself, and I'm sure you feel this as well. We're like, when we love World War... Uh, to uh, and World War One, but mostly World War Two, uh, just nostalgia experiences, movies. But ultimately, it's kind of a there. There's a weird relationship with it in the fact that we never got to experience it. We didn't really carry it out, but we want to honor the legacy. But like we, I have such a funny feeling with it. I just wonder if if we if we now could rise to that occasion. That what the people did. Like, well, I watch Private Ryan every Remembrance Day. I've talked about this before. It's like, I have it on Blu-ray. It's just, I, I can't get through it dry-eyed. I love it. And I'm just, that is the greatest generation ever. There's no question in my mind. Yeah, like, if there was a war now, yeah. if Hitler Part Two started taking over Europe, do you think there'd be, like, people in North America who are, like, <laughs> oh 16 that are lying about their age to go fight? I don't think so. I don't like, think rescue so. Rescue me, government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know I could just there's there's a ton of jokes I could make identity <laughs> politics jokes right now that I'm not going to make but I will say this that uh, they were the finest generation and um, you know the 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 camaraderie I have with with Bruce when he speaks on this is that he 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 wishes as do I as do all of us that in some you know it's it's a weird relationship you wish you could have been there or you wish you could have contributed but at the same time you don't know if you can and you want to honor it and you you want to carry on the legacy but you can't claim ownership of what they did because the task was so large you know yeah. what i mean i don't know it's just that that unattainable goal i you know i guess what i if i was to sum it up is that we have so many sins of our fathers in our current generation it, you know it's nice to be able to represent the wins of our fathers you know that was such a a great moment for uh for you know western civilization if anything specifically uh britain canada um australia and 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 uh, and the united states and you know and all of the other allies i mean I, i'm missing so many obviously the european based ones but it was just it was so so amazing 
So as soon as this 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 and I've gone off on that, but as soon as this track touches on that right there for me, I'm ready to rock. Like this yeah. is you're setting me up. It's an easy tee up. And segue, Nesbit, what am I wearing right now? You're wearing your Iron Maiden uh, Flight of Icarus t-shirt. And what am I wearing on my head? Your Curtain Horses Iron Maiden hat. Exactly. That is not a coincidence. I put this on as a statement because this song makes me feel the same way that this this does. Oh, really? That's high yes. praise coming from you because that's like one of your favorite Maiden songs. Wait till you see the end of this. I'm going to circle back. <laughs> yeah. So it sets me up perfectly. I mean, wh- whether or not... I get it, though, because that's yeah. half the reason that, like, The Longest Day to me, like, immediately, like, hit a chord with me. Other than it being, like, yes. an amazing, amazing Iron Maiden song and completely yeah. underrated, I think. Um, it's, you know, one of my favorite songs on that album. And, uh, but yeah, the, the theme of it and stuff is just, uh, it's amazing. It's so powerful and it's so core. Like, let's be honest, you know, we, we, we have all these, you know, uh, I find Iron Maiden is best when it celebrates the legacy of like Western, uh, the Western period, you know, like yeah, right from the trooper in Crimea, you know, and, and you could argue the Boer Wars don't particularly have one that stands out. There's been references all throughout World War One, World War Two, forever that you know everything from Ace is High, you know, Longest Day, all of it. And there's the references. That's when they're at their best. And then when they go tangentially into like other cultures, that's that's the best stuff. You know that that when you think about a wizard or you know some alien or space travel, it's all great. Not knocking it, but the core stuff like the Trooper, the Run to the Hills. It's it's very there's an amazing nostalgia that's there that I find just resonates. So yeah, well that's a big core Maiden. part of like the core yeah. of what Iron Maiden is is like celebrating that stuff. Which uh, this is another song in that kind of vein, which is kind of cool. It's a song in that vein, and I think it's a song that's like does it justice, and that's that's where I'm coming at this. Yeah, from. well, it is a really good solid song. It's a really good ballad. Uh, I got yes. a quote from Nico. He says, "Darkest hour. That's the best ballad Bruce has ever written." Now we're talking. According to Nick, now we're so. talking. I well, don't know. We, has, can talk, we can discuss that now or at the end. But uh, We'll discuss it at the end okay. because we got to break this down for everybody. But uh, has Nick ever been wrong? I say no. So continue. <laughs> yeah. So slight, it, it eases in. You got yeah. the washing back and forth. Yeah. It eases it's pretty in. pretty cool. I, I disagree that it's the best ballad Bruce has ever written, but uh, we can get into that at the end. Yeah, um, you bite your tongue now, Nesbitt. You do the <laughs> breakdown, as per I told you. Um, it's, you know, it's... The song kind of reminds me of, like... It sounds like something off Chemical Wedding mixed with, like, Wasting Love and kind of Coming Home. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not anything new. It's kind of like another edition of, like, the Maiden Ballad that we've heard before. You know what I mean? It's not... Are you claiming it's recycled? I wouldn't say recycle, but it's another song in the same vein as, say, Wasting Years or yeah. Out of the Shadows or even Coming Home, which yeah, I think the, some we're, of them are... We're, <laughs> we're peak maiden dilemma, aren't we? It's too much like it, not enough different that I hate it, too much like it that I don't like it. It's got to be somewhere in but the it's, middle. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that I dislike yeah. it. I'm just saying... Yeah. For me to agree with Nico that this is the best ballad, I have to agree that it's better than those songs. And I think it's not yeah. as good as some of those songs. I don't think yes. it's the best ballad Maiden's done. It's a very good song, but not the best ballad Maiden's done. 
I wouldn't even argue it as a ballad. I would argue it more for, I would compare it to Trooper in the sense what? that obviously, no, not Trooper in the context of how you like it or how you love it. It's, it as it's not some drawn out ballad. It's a very straightforward to the point. Right. Like, well, it which is, is what so- a ballad is basically. I, I interpret a ballad as is as basically being a long dragged out. No, nah, to me, to me anyway, a ballad is more like traditional song structure, slow, kind of emotional, you know, sentimental, slow, kind oh, of okay. like the song or wasting love out of the shadows, coming home. Fair enough, Blood brothers. Fair enough. Maybe journeyman. Yeah, when when you employ but imply ballad to me implies that uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. But it just implies a more lengthier, a dragged version of things. But p- perhaps I'm completely wrong on that. The way I view this is, is it is surprisingly, for, for its length, it is surprisingly formulaic. It's basically eases in with this beautiful flow. Then it ramps up to this killer chorus, eases down again, ramps up again, and then lays into these three solos that are going to blow your mind. And I find yeah. what I love about this song so much is just... Well, honestly, it's the air test. It just pulls you in. When I listen to this album, every single time, I can float through Time Machine. I can listen to various things when I'm running or exercising. Darkest Hour just gets me pumped. And we'll break down those individual pieces and those individual uh, solos in a moment. But what really gets me about it is, like, it just it hits that note. And it gets me there. And it's all ear feel. It's all subjective. Yeah. But it is the song that I want to hear at a hockey tournament. It's a song if I'm in the trenches, if I'm in the boat. It's the song I want to hear to get me pumped up to get on the beach. That's what I love so much about the song. And I know I've heard a lot of feedback online. Some people, there's a lot of people who really love the song. There's yeah. a lot of people that, that are just like, ah, whatever. You know, it's another. To me, it just super resonates. The way that Bruce hits the chorus yeah. You know, there's so much good. There's the the guitar in this is fantastic. The solos are amazing. The way that Yannick trails it out the last solo, I want to break those down. It's just so awesome, and I find it 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 is for me probably one of the best songs on the album. Okay, so we'll go back to the beginning. Sound effect, all these waves at the beginning. You don't find this excessive at all. Do I find that excessive? Yeah, Do like I when find... I first heard the song, I was like, this is really cool. But then like the 30th time I heard the song, I was kind of like, okay, let's get to the get the song. It's, it's fine because it's like you're sitting through the you're sitting through the waves and the sound effects. And then you come into this intro riff with Adrian and that's so it's like an intro to the intro. You know yes. what I mean? And so this is the intro riff that Adrian plays. So that kind of like screams Adrian. It's a very Adrian intro, which is it's pretty cool. It's a bit, a little more complex than like a wasted years type thing, but it's kind of like a hammer on thing. Like, uh, and there's keyboards in there, and we've been complaining about keyboards on this yeah. album. 
but they work here this because stuff. this is yes. a very cinematic kind of thing with the sound effects and the exactly. whatever. And something else I think is cool is the wave sound effects kind of fade out, and then but then Nico kind of keeps that going with these big like cymbal swells. So that, you know what I mean? It goes from like wave sound to cymbal sound, and it kind of continues that into the intro. And it's, it's kind of a cool way to set up the song, but very uh, very Adrian like uh, to come up with like a guitar thing that sounds like that to kick off a song. Yeah, and and I understand it's incredibly subjective, but yeah. that lead into me is fantastic. It's like you know the the woman in your dreams walking in the room. I mean, if she walks in slow, it, you're ready for it. So like to me, I just love that lead up. And then when he starts playing, and then the way Bruce takes in that first few lyrics, oh, please play it. We buried our sons to turn them flat. No growing old, glorious day. Yeah, it's cool lyrics. It's very like, uh, ah, what's the word? I don't know, evocative, or I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, how about this? The reason that Nico thinks that it's the best ballad is that that drum lead in right after is fantastic. Like, I, oh, and the lyrics are so good, and I find the song just showcases Bruce. I find that there's, there's so many elements that this brings out in the album at a perfect time i just find this is the part where well i mean time machine is good and we've talked about in the previous yeah but like i find the back end of this album bruce really ramps up that's my perspective on it yeah and i find this is a song where i just start to hear him and you know how i'm so i'm so dire bruce i just find this one just the lyrics every, all the theme plus bruce and he's just grinding up it's fantastic so you must love when the chorus comes in because this is like exactly what you're talking about. This is exact. This is my maiden boner right here. Let's do it. <laughs> It is a pretty emotional like delivery from Bruce, which is kind of cool. It puts a lot of feeling into it, which is, is it's cool. It is a fantastic delivery. It's remember a few of the previous um, you know tracks. I was kind of frustrated that he never got there. So like in these, he's building it up. It's great, you know, just the just the air feel, the heart. I love it. But you know, and then at the end, there's the there's the quick drumming always, and then he ramps down, and then the the tone drops right back down, and it builds up again. Yeah. What I love about the songs, we'll get on that. Then the next build up is fantastic. Then it just leads into those bleeding solos. It's like I, I, I find this, it, he just really delivers on it. And you know, to me, it's all ear feel. Like I can't break it down and just say this is better than this sign because of what he does there. I just find Bruce hits the notes perfect. He's singing about something that fits him. He loves it. I just it just works for me. Yeah. Well, I agree that like even I think like you like the song a lot more than me. And I think it's a really yes. good 
it's a good maiden ballad. Um, but I think the solos are kind of where it kind of uh, takes it up a notch from like, you know what I mean? Where it would normally just kind of be like one of those songs on the album. To me, yeah. the solos kind of elevate the song. Go, wait now, wait now. That chorus leading right there with the lyrics at the beginning, you know, or the blood on the beach isn't this leading up and then he's laying in. See, that chorus to me, that chorus to me is 75% as good as the chorus to Coming Home, which is a comparable maiden ballad. Oh my God. But I mean, Coming Home is great. No yeah. question. Actually, you know, Coming Home is fantastic. That actually, <laughs> very comparable feel. Yeah. That's yeah. what I keep I keep going back when I hear the song it just reminds me so much of other older maiden songs that are in a very similar vein and I can't stop comparing it and how it measures up and like know. you know if I'm giving coming home a 9.5 I can't give this one a 9.5 cuz to me it's not yeah. as good that's what I, I all I'm saying and I think me and you are going to be arguing about the song and it's going to sound like I don't like it and you like it and we're fighting but I think you think it's a 10 and I think it's like a 8 and I think that's we're fighting over like those last two. No, I I know it's a ten. I know it's a ten, and I think you're wrong. I mean, that's essentially it. Like at the end of it, when I'm rocking out to this song, and every time I listen to this album, and we're not done covering those clips because there's like three more clips coming. Yeah. Uh, every time I listen to this track, I just, you know, I I've kind of gone to I simplify music, right? I mean, I'm not I'm not reading the scrolls like you. I'm not in there going, oh, he did, you know, he did this that, that one that one, you know, like. To me, it's at the end of it is like, what song do you want to crank when you're in your car? What song do you want to hear when you're getting pumped up? What's on your playlist? Like, what is the song? I listened today to uh, Sinjitsu album again, and it's just like there's so many tracks in there that are that are objectively excellent if you listen to them. But when I when I listen when I'm exercising or it's in the background, I mean I don't I don't have time to sit around listen to an album twice a day and read the lyrics. I'm 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 working, I'm running, I'm doing stuff. Darkest Hour pulls me in every time and just makes me stop and lean in just every single time. You know, every maiden album's got those two or three tracks that you resonate with where you just you can't stop but like you're screaming at the street light, you know, screaming at your at your stereo at the street light. You know, you're you're you have to pause whatever you're doing and just lean into the song. This is one of those songs for me. See, it doesn't have that effect on me, really. Yeah, so, your uh... ears are broken. No, <laughs> so I do. I think dark. I would reach for the dial and uh, turn it up a little when Adrian's solo comes on. That is like, yeah. for this type of song, that solo like fits perfectly. And I always say, I don't really care about how fast you play or the notes you play or the techniques or the, you know what I mean? All I care about is the feeling of the solo and how well it serves the song. And this one, like, 
elevates the song and it's the perfect solo at the perfect time in the song serves the, serves the song i think is correct yeah. because that is a solo that i can always place to this song there are certain solos that the guys have that sometimes you're like which song is that and to me yeah. that that's a, a little bit of a disservice i'm like trying to place it this one fits me i do you have the clip the lead in the lyric lead into that solo which i, I do it's fantastic i do so basically yeah uh, in case anyone's wondering before we record these episodes i make clips of every single part of the song so if josh calls <laughs> one out so you're calling out for this verse number two yeah It is cool how after that chorus, they go back to that intro riff before yeah. the solo comes in, which is cool. Yeah, and it leads right in. I, I do agree that, like, uh, I, you know, the, they're at the end of the, you know, the chorus, there is a bit of a flat, like, it kind of kills the momentum. But the way that they, they just keep ramping it up, and then they lead to these solos. And Adrian's solo we just listened to is fantastic follow from that. So at this stage... We've heard the wind in. We've heard those great ramp up lyrics. Then we built, you know, about two and a half minutes in, we hit that first chorus. That's about three and a half minutes. We hit that chorus. Four minutes, you know, to the end of almost five minutes of the Adrian solo. Then we got Dave and Yannick solo, which is like, so, you know, as much as it ramps up slow, it's pretty blistering to this point. And I, personally, I think Dave's solo on this might be Dave's best solo on the album. It's a good solo, especially after after the uh, kind of mellow, bluesy kind of moody one that Adrian does. You know what I mean? It's um, fantastic. It's not the best solo by Dave on the album. Uh, yeah, you're probably right there. I mean, Dave's Dave solo. The parchment. Is... We haven't done that, the parchment yet, so that is correct. That, I, I would probably even actually now that I said that, it's probably not even in the top four. But um, it is. But good, this though. is this is this is a Bruce and Adrian song. Yeah. And, you know, Adrian leads in with the big solo. Dave is kind of doing transition. I just love it because at, at the way he opens the solo there, I just find it gives a real uniqueness to it. And then when it ends, it leads into like the chorus and Bruce just starts leaning in and Yannick starts covering from the back end. So, so just that. Before you get into yeah. that, did you yes. notice the there's a, a little guitar lick in the uh, in the Dave solo? And it's exactly the same as a guitar lick in Coming Home. And the very first time I heard this song, I noticed it, and it was kind of jarring. I was like, oh, my God, that's the exact same guitar part as in Coming Home. And every really? time I hear this song, every single time when it gets to that part, it like, it's kind of like jarring to me. I'm like, whoa, there it is. I'll, here, if I'll play them back to back. If, if, if only there was a clip for this. Uh... 
exactly the same. <laughs> now it's it? it's not that big a deal. It's like Dave Murray style, and like guitar players have these like licks and patterns they go for when they're like improvising, right? And I think yeah. that's all that happened here. It's not a big deal, but it's just it's so note for note exactly the same, even though it's so short yeah. that it just when I hear it the very first time I heard the song, I was like, oh my god, what's that from? I was like, is that coming coming home? And then I was, it just kind of, uh, yeah. I don't know, it it. It sticks out like a sore thumb to me every single time I hear the song. Not that it's a bad thing. Like, I don't really care that he does it. No, but it's just something it's, I notice every single time. It's 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 a horrible thing, Nesbitt. I, I hate this song now. <laughs> it's just like that time I broke up with Kate Upton because she farted that time. I was just like, what is going on right now? <laughs> Honestly, how do you even notice that stuff? Well, the very what first is... time I heard this album, I, I put this album on, listened to it, and the solo came on, and I heard that one sec, and it, it jumped right out at me. How do you listen to this song and hear that? But miss well, the you severe... just you just said that like yeah, this is one of the songs that Adrian. When you're talking about the Adrian solo, you're like, this is one yes. of those songs where you know the solo and you place it and yes. it sounds like the solo. Yes. And coming home, the solo in coming home is like that to me. Yeah. Right. Like I can sing it to you right now if you want me to. And so when I hear a note for note, two bars of it or one bar of it or whatever, it just it jumped out at me. That's all. <laughs> yeah, coming home to me is all about Bruce. Like yeah, yeah, the it. lyrics are yeah. Oh, fantastic! It's pretty cool. Yeah, we should do. Well, we'll we'll talk about that one later. So then, but then my favorite part, possibly my favorite part. So like, I love the first. I love the intro. I love the first chorus buildup, amazing. Yep. I love the second chorus. I love it leads into that awesome Adrian solo. I love Dave solo. I agree. Like in terms of it's short. It's a, it's a transition. It's it's not the best Dave solo on the album. Okay, I, I retract that statement, but I will say it's perfect for the song. And then it leads into just amazing. Bruce kicks in, Yannick behind him. I think it's Yannick behind him, right? Yeah. And they're just going at it. I love it. Yeah, it's cool. Yannick, like, the Adrian solo and the Dave solo serve their purpose on the song, but then Yannick at the end, it's a little bit, it gives it a bit more personality, you know what I mean? It, like, shakes things up a little bit at the end, which I love. I love Yannick's style on this song. Very, very different from what Adrian or uh, Dave would have played. Fantastic is how I would describe that. I mean, I love the way that just plays out. And even then, the song's not done. It's like, it just keeps going. And more more wave sound effects. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, look at yeah. this. At the end of this, you know, 
I got I got to relax after I bust the nut. I'm sitting back. I'm leaning back. I'm I'm having a I'm relaxing. No, it's it's uh I just love this song, and to me personally, you know, it's just it it the the crescendo, just like the way it just comes together. Every single time I hear this song, I just lean into it, and it's one of, you know, there's there's a few others that are like this on this, which we'll cover later. As well yeah. as Stratego does, I get that feel as well, where I just stop what I'm doing and I just lean into it. And yeah. So there's like countless Maiden songs in their discography that make me feel like that, but this isn't one of those songs. It's, I don't like. No? I really, really like the song. I think it's yeah. a really good song and it's well crafted. The solos are great, it has good melodies. Bruce like really delivers, but it doesn't have that effect on me that you're talking about. Um, I feel so know how I feel about this song exactly the same way that I feel about out of the shadows. I feel like this is like the sister song to that yeah. on a matter of life and death. It's like one of those songs where like I really enjoy it when it comes on when I'm listening to it. Yeah. But I don't go out of my way to like find it and listen to it. Like and you know what? I'll be honest, I skip this song a lot when I listen to this album if I'm listening to it on Spotify. Really? Yeah. You skip this song? And, and the same thing with Out of the Shadows. I kind of like, well, let's get to the to the three epics after it. I would ne- I never st- would put this in a playlist. You know, I feel like Wasting Love kind of spawned Out of the Shadows and then Out of the Shadows spawned Darkest Hour. And I think that, like, and I think Coming Home is better than all three of those songs put together. Like, I think as far as, like, I don't know. There's nothing here that I haven't heard from Iron Maiden before, only better. Okay. It's, like, a really right. good song. No complaints. Um, I think Coming Home is better. I think Coming Home has better guitar solos, a way yes. better chorus, a better pre-chorus, a better intro riff. I think Coming Home is an all-around better song. Um, I'm... I feel the same way that you feel about this song, about coming hour, about coming home. Um, I really like the song. I'd probably give it like an eight, maybe an eight and a half. But you sound like you're into like ten territory. I'm, I'm, I well, I'll leave that for the end. So there's so much to unpack there. <laughs> I know I'm just first, throwing these numbers out. We're not. There's, there's so much, so much to unpack there. First okay. off, I just like to let anyone out there, if anyone's really hardworking and does all the work. Uh, I would be willing to be your drunken co-host because I'm quitting this podcast because Nens was an idiot. Secondly, the goal of Iron Maiden, the goal of Iron Maiden, I don't know, call me an idiot, but it's not to find the perfect song. It's like, this is, doesn't have to be better than Coming Home. This song is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I can understand how you would compare it to other things, but if you took that same logic across this album, 
you know, it's the same flawed logic. It's like you compare something to the past body of work. It's either lacking or too different. And either way, you can't win, right? Like it's those two extremes. To me, the darkest hour, what surprised me the most about it when I when I listen to the lyrics and the theme of it, so I'm like, how have they not done this before? And, I, you know, it's just they haven't really hit that exact moment. You know, it's like, um, so my takeaway on it, I absolutely love it. I do understand that, you know, Coming Home is a fantastic song. No question. <laughs> this is not, not a comparison for me. But, and, 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 you know, and Coming Home also stands out on the album. It's one of those ones where you lean into it. Yeah. No, I just use Coming Home as an example because I feel the way about Coming Home that you feel about the song. And I just, exactly. I don't get that feeling from the song. Yeah. Like, to me, I'm kind of like, you know, it, it's, it's a really good, solid Maiden song. To me, you know, it wouldn't be top 40 Maiden songs. It wouldn't, uh, I don't know. And I know it's it's hard to, like, not compare it to, like, other ballads. Like, you, I, it shouldn't be. And the reason that I'm saying this isn't because, oh, it has this song is better and this song is worse. And it's not because of anything to do with ranking. It has to do with the way I feel when I hear the song, which is, I don't know, I don't, I don't get the feelings that you're getting when I hear the song. I'm like, this is a really good song. I skip it sometimes, man. Oh, my God. Well, first <laughs> off, for that, there's a special place in hell for you. But um, and and fair enough. But you know, it's it to me. Uh, you know, this is what Maiden is about. Is that at the end of it, there's an ear feel. There's like actually, you know, you can go and someone could cook you a perfect steak, and two different people can dislike it, right? Like even though one person loves it, one person doesn't like it. And for me, it's it's just the feel for this song. You know, when when we were when we were arguing over the time machine, like I didn't feel it hit. Yeah, that level, right? right. And so same this with is Days of Future Past, which, yeah. I, yeah, Days of Future Past, which I, which, which is, which is objectively a really good song. Time Machine, I, I like far less. There's, there's those few uh, vocal tweaks which give me the excuse to explain away why it never hits that height for me. And, and you know, and I, you know, I'm just being honest about it. I mean, yeah. I might be other people can can like it or dislike it, and that's fine. You know, if they like it, they can they can uh, resonate with you. If they if they dislike it, they can resonate with me. And same with Darkest Hour. But I mean, for me, then before I give you my final take on it, the lyrics are so awesome on this. Right, the opening we covered, we buried our sons, we turned and fled. No growing old, the glorious dead. Right, but we came back because one man said, "Now on the beaches, the blood runs red." Like that's great, right? And then there's so much, so many fantastic lyrics you know check it online i'm not going to read the whole song but here i stand in this serenade of glory and when he hits that at every time he hits the chorus is so good naked by the throne of kings fucking fantastic you sowed the wind and now you reap the whirlwind before the dawn the darkest hour that is so good you know that is fantastic lyrics so for me i'm gonna say this airfield 10 out of 10 lyrics 10 out of 10 Solos, 10 out of 10. This, <laughs> I'm going to go this far. This is in my top 10 Maiden songs of all time. Really? It honestly is. I know, like, maybe if I was to rank them, it might be my top 20. It's up there for me. I absolutely love it. It resonates with me. I don't care if people don't like it. This just, to me, I can lean into but this But you're, you're saying you don't care if people don't like it. No one's saying they don't like it. I think you're trying to turn this into, like, I don't like it, you love it thing. Like, I... I love it i just don't love it as much as you do 
Perhaps. But <laughs> it's not like I'm not... saying it's a two and you're saying it's a ten. I'm saying it's an eight and you're saying it's a ten. And we're arguing yeah. over, like, our, we average nine, which is still really good, which means we both love the song. No, you're saying, <laughs> you're saying you love it, Josh. I like it. And I'm saying you're an idiot because you don't love it. That's what's happening right now. I'm insulting you. So, um, no, I, I, I absolutely, this this song for me is is just fantastic. It's one of the few on the album that just stand out. And no matter when you listen or how you listen to this album, you will stop during Darkest Hour at least if you if you have the same you have the same air feel that I have on this song, it is stop and pay attention to it and it's just so awesome. The the way that Bruce leans into it, the way it feeds into the into the solos, the way it feeds in and feeds out, it's just making space for itself. It's spreading its wings on the album. It's saying, Oh, there's a little bit of yeah, you can hear the beaches. Get ready, cause we're about to let it go. That's what I love about this song. Yeah. I just well, think I guess, it's, it's yeah. fantastic. I, see, I think the if they had the exact same sound effect before Longest Hour, I would love it and be like, oh, this is perfect. It sets it up perfectly. Because the Longest yeah. Hour is, again, I think the Longest Hour is ten times better than this song. Ten times better? Well, so I'm exaggerating. You an eight. No, so that was you know an 80 I mean. out of 10. <laughs> it's an 80 out of 10. No, I was just using that as a figure of speech. I think it's a much, like, longest, what did I say longest hour? Longest day. Longest day, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think, like, I don't know. I don't know. The song, it's it's good. I feel like it's nothing we haven't heard before from Maiden. The solos are, the, it's a it's a really good ballad. I think the solos lift it from really good to, like, great. But, like, I don't think it's, you know, it's it's not a, it's not, I don't know. It's not going to. When it's a, I hear it's a you very nice, it It's way. a very nice song. <laughs> yeah. When, no when complaints. You, when you describe it that way, here's what I here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm hearing. So I'm hearing. There's this beautiful lead in, just this subtle lead in, and then Bruce starts ramping it up. Then there's this amazing chorus. The lyrics are fantastic. It fleets out, leads into a next chorus. Then there's a series of repeating solos. Adrian, who who, who co-writes the song, has this fantastic 40, 50 second solo. Then Dave does transition. Then Bruce comes screaming back in with that amazing lyric again. And Yannick is in the background. But, you know, all that doesn't mean anything to you because they've been good before. I'd rather hear something shitty. That's literally like, you know, that's the logic on it, right? It's like, that is fantastic. I just don't think this song is as, okay. It's like if, I don't know, if I had never heard a Maiden ballad before, I'd probably be yes. like, wow, this is amazing. This is really blowing my mind. But I'm like, eh, yes. heard it before. Heard it before yes. better. So like I don't know, it it takes kind of the shine a bit of the shine off it that, you know. Every but that logic, yeah, that logic can be applied to everything. They always seem to find some angle to, to to wedge in a track that doesn't feel like a copy, you know, like the darkest hour. And you read through the lyrics, you hear the song, you're like, that's not a rip off of any other previous stuff. So to me, it's different enough, it's unique enough, but it's still very maiden. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a rip off. I mean, it's just it's another maiden ballad. It's just I don't know. It's like if yeah. you never drank a beer before and I gave you this beer that you're drinking right now. Which is that beer that's in front of us. If yeah, you would you yes. would be like, This is the best beer I've ever had. But I give it to yeah. you now and you're like, This is fantastic. And I'm like, Is this isn't this if I had never had a beer before and I drank this and I was like, This is the best beer in the world, you'd be like, oh, I've had I don't know, it's not that great. Because you have more context to put your your opinion into. You know what I mean? So the more I don't know, the context of knowing every single maiden song inside out makes me 
realize that this song I, it, it it colors where I'm going to place it in Maiden's discography whereas maybe if it was like if I'd never heard any Maiden ballads before I'd be like blown away you know it's what? like everything it's... it's like everything like your your taste is influenced by your past experiences right like yeah I don't know I've listened I, to I... Coming Home I bet you I've listened to Coming Home 250 300 400 times no joke yeah. And so, like, when I hear this and I'm I'm like, okay, well, Maiden, this is a really good song. Maiden's done it better. That stuff like this better before. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good, solid, solid ballad. And it's different enough that it's not, I would never say it's, like, a take on, on one of those songs. It's just a ballad is a ballad. And, like, the fact that it's a ballad doesn't make it a copy or make it a ripoff. Or, you know, they're not plagiarizing themselves, which I don't know if that's even a possible thing you can do i'm just saying when i hear the song it doesn't have it doesn't impact me emotionally like it does with you i'm just listening it, to it and yes. i'm kind of like uh how long till we get to listen to uh death of Guilt? that's amazing <laughs> that blows my mind that that's how you feel about yeah. it uh, the, the comparisons to the other songs are uh, to me irrelevant because all i can say you you mentioned the beer this yeah. beer is fantastic yeah this beer would be even better if we were listening to darkest hour right now play the <laughs> clip from 220 play the clip doing repeat clips now <laughs> we are we are because but i know because when we put as soon as that clip came on you like had your hip hands in the air like yeah yeah right and i'm 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 here and i'm like oh, this is a pretty cool course and i'm like this kind of drags a little bit maybe it's i don't know it i don't know it's i don't feel about the song the way you do in fact if we're playing clips or going rogue with the clips i think yeah. this is a very similar but better solo And the, yeah. like, that song, I think that solo Coming is up. as good, if not better. And then it's, like, to Albion land, that whole uh, pre, the pre-chorus and the chorus, like, that hits me the way that the chorus in this hits you. That one yes. is one where, like, I, like, lose my mind when that song comes on. When yeah. the chorus for yeah. Coming Home comes on. So it's just, I don't know, different opinions, man. Yeah, you I can't know, objectively I mean, not... say that one song is better than the other. You I'm not, can I'm say not, that I'm you not... like one better than the other. Yeah. I'm 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 polyamorous when it comes to maiden songs. Like I like to enjoy them all, Nesbitt. I'm not I'm not locked into one. Actually, to be honest, when you play that clip, to be honest, that clip 
doesn't hit the heights in Darkest Hour. However, coming out of that clip, Bruce's vocals, fantastic. So, I mean, you know, I think he kind of sold your song short there. I mean, look. <laughs> I have no, all no my questions. old clips here if you want me to dig out the clip. The course of coming <laughs> no, <home. laughs> we're not allow- I'm not allowing you, as much as I do actually want to hear it, I'm not allowing you to take over the darkest hour. Look, the time machine, I didn't play a bunch of, uh, I don't know, you know, a matter of life and death clips. The I'm just out saying, of the I shadows, feel, okay, so the Out of the Shadows, yeah. I think, is the, sis- it's the sister song to this. And yes. I feel exactly the same way about Out of the Shadows as I do in this. I've yeah. ranked them exactly the same. I feel exactly the same about both of them. It's not a highlight but, of the album, but it's a cool song that's kind of different on the album. And I really like it, but it's not a highlight for me. I would also say Brighter Than a Thousand Suns when you compare Matter of Life and Death. Those are what? examples. Brighter Than a Thousand Suns is like one of the to- best songs Maiden's ever done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but in terms of stopping and making you pay, just oh, like okay. cranking it. Right, right. Like those are two songs on that album where I stop no matter what I'm doing. Matter of Life and Death, though, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of fat in that album. It's pretty, no, I know. It's pretty it's, gung ho. Yeah. It's amazing album. I, I actually, one of the things that the podcast that drives me nuts is we did that in like two episodes. <laughs> did we? I can't like, remember. It's my favorite. I can't remember anything about what we said about any of those songs. Yep. And I can't we remember anything so about early. recording that album. It was like five years ago. We did it so early because it was my favorite album at the time. Right, we and jumped you, ahead. And you were like, it, yeah. Josh, let's, let's, let's do that. It'll get you comfortable and get you into it. And you were like, let's do that one. Like, you listen to it. Remember, remember, remember my stats? You looked at my stats on my iPod. I listened to that oh, album right. like, four, like a thousand times one year. It was, something insane. it was some insane amount of times. And, like, I live for that album. I right. barely listen to it that much now, to be honest. Well, it's funny Book because A Matter of Life and Death is, like, I, I mean, we might have talked about this in the podcast, but it's probably people haven't heard it. But it's a very special album because that was the current album at the time, and you weren't really a Maiden fan at all. And you were like, I need some new music, and you gave me your iPad, and I put that album on, and I was like, listen to this album. And you you went back to Europe. You're, where were you living, in Dublin at the time or Manchester? No, no, it's before that. Foxy, we mentioned, yeah. he's gonna, his head's going to explode now. He's getting double shit heads all the time. <laughs> but uh, we... Uh, no, it was I. I was listening to like Best of the Beast oh, that and all that there? stuff back. So that's about twenty years ago, probably. Not quite tw- eighteen years when you, ago. When you got, I was that, yeah. not a Maiden fan. I've only been a Maiden fan for really for about seventeen years. <laughs> Listen to me, yeah. like it's only seventeen <laughs> years. But like, uh, I wasn't uh, a dire Maiden fan at all. It was Foxy got me into Maiden, and yeah. then I met you. Yeah. And then like I just been listening to Best of the Beast, and you were like, "Oh, you listen to Maiden." I remember, and you. That was when we became like we started to right. become real. So good that would buddies. have been two thousand and six because that, that album was brand new. Yeah, but but that was because you did it way more than that. You were like, oh, being Nesbitt, who by the way, <laughs> anyway, you know, we we've been arguing you know, like best guy you can ever meet. You literally were like, hey, look, because uh, I was like, I'm moving away, and and this is we've been friends for a year and a half or so, and you're like, give me your podcast, and you loaded up. So much good gear on there. Yeah, not podcasts, like, uh, MP3s. You mean? No, uh, MP3s. Yeah. yeah, on 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 the on on my Nano, and I went oh, yeah. over with the Nano, and like, literally, a matter of life and death. Zeppelin. You had all the. Uh, you had a, you had a few. Actually, you eased me in on Maiden because when I came back, I was like loaded up, and then yeah. I went all all in on Maiden. But I remember I gave you a matter of life and death, and I was like, listen to this album because I was like blown away at the time. And I listened to it nonstop, yeah. and it was and that's my what really Maiden ramped album. you up into being a giant Maiden fan from being like, a which is crazy. Yeah. Like when you think about it now, we're here on this podcast. Like when you talk about it now, it's insane. 
Although I, I pretty quickly got into Seven Son. I think Seven Son was one of my quickest, I think, and Power Slave. I got into very quickly after, but um, it is crazy to think that I got into Iron Maiden at the age of like 24, <laughs> you know, having been a Metallica and, you know, Guns N' Roses fan, all those things. It's, it's funny it's, though it's what weird. you say. It's like you, it's yeah. like that was a while ago and you still feel like, like you're kind of a, a new, new to Maiden because like Maiden's been around yeah. for so long. And I'm kind of like that because like, it seems funny, but like, I remember like, it was the 90s before I really got into Maiden. Like, I was, I knew, like, the hits. I probably knew, like, The Trooper and Run to the Hills and stuff. But it wasn't until, like, I was in high school, so it would have been, like, 1990, 91, something like that. And that's when I kind of really started paying attention to Maiden. So now when I talk to Maiden fans, I still kind of have this thing where I'm like, well, I didn't really listen to them when I was, like, I, you know, I wasn't in, when I was in grade four listening to Power Slave. It was like, I was, I didn't listen to them. Like, they're into No Prayer or Fear of the Dark, I think, maybe, before I really got into them. So I was kind of late getting into Maiden, and I still always feel like that way. Yeah. When I'm talking to, like, these people that are like, I saw the Power Slave tour, and I remember when I was in grade two, I had an Iron Maiden backpatch on my jean jacket and whatever when... Number yeah. the beast, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm so such a new Maiden fan. I've only been listening to them for 33 years. <laughs> it's weird. It's this but, feeling but... I never lose, where I'm like always talking to people, and you know, you meet a Maiden fan, and people start talking about like when they get into Maiden, and you hear people talking about like how they got into Maiden, and what year, and what album, and stuff. And I always still no, feel I, I always still feel like I'm kind of a new new to Maiden, even though I'm not at all. Like, 33 years is crazy that I've been listening to Iron Maiden, like, seriously <laughs> getting into a band. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I still always feel that way. I'm always, like, if I'm talking to someone who saw, like, the Power Slave tour, I'm like, this guy's a Maiden fan. I'm kind of, like, new to it. But I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> but, no, it is it's uh, it is so funny, you know, how we look at it. And there are people, like, when I, it, what, what drives me nuts, this is a, a pet peeve, and then I want to tell you an awesome story. The, a pet peeve is when I meet someone's like, oh, dude, you don't even understand, man. I saw a Power Slave tour. I saw, you know, I saw Seven Sons tour. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I'm like, what do you think of the latest albums? They're like, oh, I haven't really listened to Maiden in 20 years. I'm like, well, then you suck because you actually, you hit the best part and then you bailed on the right. Like, you can't get credit for having done it when you're, we did all kinds of stuff when I was young. That'd be like comparing my love of this to like Smashing Pumpkins or Stone Temple Pilots. Not I don't know. Terrible. I would disagree though, because I, yeah. uh, I know we're getting off on a tangent here, but like, it's kind of related to Maiden. Like Maiden, they did, if you go back to Diano and then into the early Bruce era, and then, yeah. especially when they hit like Fear of the Dark and On, their ch so sound really changes and evolves. Yes. And it evolved into something that we love. Yes. But like it also could have evolved into something that people don't like because people's tastes are different. And I could see there's probably people that would say exactly what you said about us and Metallica because I have no time for like, not no time. I'll go listen to the odd new Metallica stuff. Like I thought Death Magnetic was okay, but like, I don't know. There's. I bet guarantee there's Metallica fans that are like, oh man, you like bailed after like when Load and Reload came out. Like that's when it, this, you're missing out because that's when all the good shit came. And I'm like, everybody, everybody you know. bailed in, but but Nasmith, everybody bailed in. But look, here's here's the but thing. But I think a I think most Maiden, Maiden fans bailed. But it's, but, no, but, no, but no, but no, but no, but yeah, totally. But but you can't be 
you can't come at it now from a perspective of hardcore. When I, like when I meet a Metallica fan, and that was the story I was going to tell. Oh, I see what you're night. saying. Yeah, because I would never, I, yeah. I would never be like, I'm a hardcore Metallica fan. I would be like, I used to yeah. like Metallica. Exactly. I, I used that, to be. That's the way I, Yeah, you're right. I would never meet a Metallica fan and be like, oh, I'm, I love Metallica, and they'd be like, what's so, the last album you know, Inside Out? And I'm like, I don't know, Puppets. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the Black Puppets album, and Ride the Lightning. Yeah, right. Black Lightning, Black album for me was like too, too popular. But I, I that I was, like the that Black was my album, logic. It was fantastic, yeah. but but I was in high school, and you know, back then you're stupid. So uh, <laughs> I don't like but, it because other I people like it. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was the logic. I'm not yeah. look. You know, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there are there, there were many dif- deficiencies of character in high school. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna get, what would you change? The one thing if you go back in high school, I would have. I would have asked that girl. No, no. You know what I would have done? I would have listened to Black. No, it's like you know. It, it's part and parcel with high school. It's it's a mess. But the 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 story I'm going to tell, which I'll segue into now. I met a guy tonight. I was at a work thing. Before you tell and, the story, uh, I think it's safe to say that we're not going to get to death of the cats today. <laughs> we're not getting to death of the cat. You know what? I didn't want you to have a full episode on Time Machine and me not to have a full episode on Darkest Hour. So this was intentional okay. on my part. I filibustered this episode. And everyone out there on, on social media saying, oh, uh, one episode, what are they going to be done in, in a year and a half? You'd be lucky if we're done in a year and a half, buddy. Because we get to Parchment. That's Parchment's eight episodes on its own. Oh, God. Okay. I'm just kidding. Anyway, back to my story, which is so entertaining. Everyone can't wait. Um the uh, I met a guy tonight, and he was like, we were, you know, I said, oh, I got this. I was at a work function earlier, and I was like, oh, I can't have too many drinks. I got to record a podcast. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, made, and he was like, oh, cool. And he was into that. And he was like, I'm a diehard Metallica fan. And I was like, how so? He's like, he named off all the times he's seen him. He's seen all the tours. He's been at it forever. He's been 50, early 50s, been a Metallica fan for like 30 years. We started going through it. And right away, I was like, look. And so I approached it. Like, I said, you know, dude, love Metallica. Uh, listen to puppets and ride the lightning, and obviously for Justice just for All and, and and the Black Album, I know them. But like those are my two albums. I was hardcore into them, you know. So and he was like, "Oh, dude, that's great," you know. And but he was like going off on why he loves Metallica, and I was loving it and enjoying it. And I, I'm going at it from a perspective, not like, "Oh, I gave up because the new era is any of that stuff." But then he says to me, he's like, so Maiden. He's like, like I know like the classics. I listen to it a bit, but I've never been a Maiden fan. He's like. What's going on with Maiden now? Like, are they still good? And I was like, I just lit up and I was like, dude, Maiden are awesome right now. Like, it's so good. They're back. I was like, the new album is fantastic. And I was like, you know, I was explaining, like, I was like, Maiden is not a nostalgia act, which is what I love. I just went off on it. And he was like, dude, that's awesome. I was like, he's like, what should I listen to? I was like, just listen to anything. Just like grab your Spotify. Just listen to anything. Listen to 80 stuff. Listen to the latest album. Listen to Book of Souls. Listen to Matter, Life, and Death. Listen to Final Final Frontier. I was like, any of the new stuff, any of the old stuff, just listen to any of it. There's no bad albums. And he was like, oh, dude, that's so cool. He's like, so you're going to see them. And it's like the, the same group playing. I was like, dude. I was like, they were flying a plane the last tour. Like, everything's happening. And as I'm explaining, I'm like lighting right up. And he's like, like what's your podcast? And I was telling him about it. And he was all pumped. And it was just so cool because we're not we're not talking about, you know, dead weight. We're talking about an exciting thing. So that, that's where I want to wrap it up. But one thing I would say to circle it back. Very quick, and I was so excited about that just to be able to, to talk about Maiden to someone who's not a Maiden fan. And from a Metallica perspective, where Metallica also, they don't have the longevity or the or the length of tenure, tenure, tenure or whatever you want to call it, 
uh, that 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 Maiden have, but they. Yes. I feel like Metallica is approaching. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like they're approaching it the right way. I yeah. feel like Metallica will carry on versus those crap bands that have replaced people and and done them. You know, the dubbing and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I I you know to to look at it when people come to me and they say like, oh, I was in a Maiden in the early days, but I'm not into it now. I'm like, well, that's a missed opportunity because I can't make up that time. I can't. I can't capture the early years anymore. I can only listen back and appreciate it and read about it, you know, just like, you know, anything with sport when I can uh, read back on a team I love uh, to a championship that they won before I was born. But you missed out on all this other stuff, and you had the opportunity to cover the legacy, so it's really your loss, and that's that's really how I feel about it. Yeah, well, it is, it is very cool, and, like, sometimes you just got to stop and be, like, realize how, like, lucky you are as a Maiden fan because in some alternate universe if a bunch of different things went different ways it could be iron maiden with like two original members and uh you know it could be like bruce and steve and a bunch of other guys and like doing a hits tour in like small clubs because they're not very good anymore (laughs) you know what i mean like a lot of bands take that trajectory where they're like oh it's leonard skinner and we got uh you know, we got <laughs> Van Zandt's brother from 38 Special is now the singer and we got a guitar player and, we're, you know what I mean? A revolving door of, like, members and, I don't know, like, it, it, when you're talking about a band that's been around this long, like, I, I yeah. think each of them has 10 albums under their belt now, including, like, Yannick with this album. So it's, like, it's, amazing. it's just cool. They've been around this long and they're still intact and it's a solid lineup. It's still Maiden is still Maiden. They're still recording new music, and they're still touring, and they're—I mean, their tours are better than ever. Like, they just sound amazing. There's no like quality drop, and they're putting out solid albums. And I mean, you can like New Maiden, or you cannot like the direction that they're gone in. And some people don't like the longer songs and stuff. But like, you—you know—you gotta admit that like it's solid music that they're putting out, whether you like it or not. Like, they're not a nostalgia act at all. They're—they're. They're, very like vital and uh i don't know it's just cool to be a fan of a band like that i can't imagine if like your favorite band is a rat and there's like three different versions of rat with different people fighting over the name rat like i don't know i'm not comparing either i'm not comparing rat to maiden but (laughs) i'm just using them as an example it's pretty cool that like your favorite band (laughs) is like still this solid and still has like a you know I mean, the guys are getting up there, and I still think they probably have another album in them. Yeah, one can one can hope. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I just like to you know see the tour keep going. I mean, but I, look back to Darkest Hour. Well, just, the way just I'm just saying the way that they yeah. record albums. I know we're going way yeah. off topic, but no, like, no, no, it's good. The way they record albums now, where everyone comes in with ideas, and they kind of work them up and piece them together in the studio, and they like they can come in. I think Maiden right now. If yeah. someone told them, like, you have to go in the studio now for two weeks, everyone bring your ideas, I think they could, in two weeks, put an album together and have it recorded and out and ready to go. Maybe not mixed I, and finished, but, like, the songs. Well, they have, they have such a, a large swath of ideas. They have so many yeah. storyboards. That's the thing about, 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 about Iron Maiden is they have multiple people bringing songs to the table. Yeah. But, you know, it's... it's uh, that's definitely it. I love hearing like when I'm going off tangent. I could just see someone like writing on the Apple review, being like, "the the title of the episode was Darkest Hour, but thirteen uh, percent of the episode was talking about things that were not related to the track." Uh, I'd like to uh, have this podcast removed. <laughs> Bring it on. You know, it's like, but at the end of it, 
with Darkest Hour, I wanna I wanna I wanna sum up my perspective on it. The one thing that I would say against it, I love this. It's got great feel. Uh, it really rocks it for me. It's it's a standout trap for me. It's one of my favorite tracks on the album. It's up there for me in top ten, top twenty maiden songs. I just love. I get a response. It's it's resonates. It resonates from a physical perspective with with my vibe. Like it gets me going. It is cool though. Sometimes you like. Yeah. Sometimes you have these like maiden songs that are like your maiden songs. So this totally. can be like your maiden song. The way the Talisman. I don't. I'm it's, always talking about the yeah. Talisman. It's like top three, at least top five maiden song for me. And exactly. it's kind of a joke now. Whenever I talk about my favorite songs, like the Talisman pops off. Totally, and that and that puts it exactly where I was gonna say what I was gonna say, which is, but they didn't pick it for the tour, which says something. Not for this tour, right? but they did on the in vivo. No, I'm saying that that Darkest Hour is a bit. Oh, for Darkest the tour. Hour, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So. Um, the uh so for us i mean yes talisman yes but the uh for this it tells me that you know they didn't i don't know what it was maybe you know the lyrics are too amazing that that bruce was afraid he'd blow his voice out maybe you know i'm gonna take that away maybe that's maybe that's my takeaway i don't know maybe it's just not one of their favorite songs but to me it, it really is yeah i don't know has no Steve Harris writing credit, so maybe he's like, nope, make room for uh, more ooh, Steve Harris. <laughs> ooh, intrigue, intrigue. Maybe he's like, okay, you guys can have this one song on the album, but like, we're not putting it on the tour. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's a, it's a good song. We both really, really like it. You love it. I love uh, it. This beer was delicious, the gravel pit. I would probably give the beer a 10 out of 10. <laughs> An 8. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't, this beer doesn't resonate with me the way it does with you. It doesn't resonate with you, yeah. It's, the molecules are not hitting your liver the right way. All right. We'll leave it there. You can get us at uh, TalkingMaiden.com. You can leave a message, TalkingMaiden.com slash talk. You can get us on Facebook or on Twitter. Until next time, hop the irons, down the hops. (laughs) 